This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So, Chad, today on Quitters, we have Mayan Lopez. She's a star of a new um, NBC sitcom called Lopez versus Lopez, which she co-stars with her dad, George Lopez. There were two things that were really interesting to me about this interview, and I don't want to spoil them, but we did talk about her father's, you know, previous quote-unquote scandal, which I mm. have a personal view uh, is nobody's business but his family's. And we also talked a little bit about uh, Mayan's ethnicity and uh, her cultural mm-hmm. background and how that relates to her position as the star of a show, as the daughter of a pioneer from their culture on this show. And yeah, and like so many others, she came in going, I didn't quit anything, but she's quit. She's quit a, a whole lot. bunch of stuff. Yeah, she's quit and- a whole bunch of stuff at. Is only 26. She's only 26, which I don't think comes up in the interview. Also, if you're only listening, Julie is wearing a shirt that she looks like Nemo. (laughs) I love you so much. Here she is, Mayan Lopez. Mayan, there's a lot that we want to talk to you about. You got a lot going on right now, and I'm very curious. Yeah. Um, so where where I want to start, and I hope it's not an overstep because you talk about this stuff pretty openly. I'm curious if you have uh, forgiven your father. I have. I have. I think for... See, the thing is, I get mad at my things that my dad does now. I don't get mad at things that he did in the past anymore. and. Um, no, I, I have forgiven him. I've been able to understand him as a person. I think as, for me personally, I think as you get older, you start to see your parents as people. And I can understand why they made certain decisions and I can empathize with them. I don't have to always agree with them, but I can understand where they were coming from and why they made certain decisions that they did. And, you know, I care now with the show, we, the dynamic is with my character Mayan and his character George is very much very similar of right. we can re- we can go back in the past and we can repair you know have those conversations and you know oh if I would have known that would have done that to you I wouldn't have done it and you know I can take that and just try to build for a better connection now can we just give a little context though that Mayan exploded on TikTok with a hilarious video <laughs> I mean, by the way, she can like upside down twerk against a wall. But 
basically calling her dad out saying, my dad's a cheater. He cheated on my mom with a bunch of prostitutes. And that got the attention. And it was very funny. It was done in a way that was both shocking and hilarious. <laughs> and that kind of became the basis then of getting her uh, attention to then make the show that she's on Lopez versus Lopez with her dad. So if if you guys haven't caught up to that, watch it. <laughs> if it's you don't have a dossier. Shocking. Yeah. Yes, it's streaming <laughs> <Yeah>. on Peacock <laughs> and it's on Fridays at 8. <laughs> right. Wink, yeah. ding. So wow, I'm sorry. I was just subtle. getting, I uh, just I know, setting right? the t- setting that table because there's, there's a, that's a lot. Like you came right on out. Where were you with your dad when you made that TikTok? We were working on things, but our relationship wasn't fantastic. And uh, we weren't, we're kind of speaking we were, we were in therapy, but other than that, we didn't really talk to each other. So I kind of used, this is not the first one that I'd made. I'd made other ones okay. along with stories of my life, like very LA childhood, being the child of a celebrity. I just have a, I have a uh-huh. lot of stories. And one I made was I was a model for Hillary Duff's line and I was on uh, New York Fashion Week, Kids Child, and I walked. And so I made a whole story time with that and other uh-huh. stories that I've had. And, but really a lot of it was, my daddy issues and with my dad. And so that was the one that got the attention of our showrunner, Debbie Wolf. She was procrastinating and looking at TikTok at 3 a.m. as a lot of us do when we can't sleep. And she saw that and she said, I watched it like 50 times. Because <laughs> like, I didn't think my because mom you- didn't want me to post it. My mom actually didn't want me to post it. She's like, Mayan, this is too far. So be mm-hmm. like me, kids. Air out your dirty laundry. Don't listen to your parents. And maybe, you know, it's... It's wild. Like I've done so much training and the one that's the one you work for that one moment. And that was the one moment for me. And it's kind of wild how it all went together. But was it meaningful to you when you posted it? Or was it like it was just like you were having fun on TikTok? Yeah, I wanted to set the record straight because my dad did get canceled before it was cancel culture. And as it is today, and there were backlash. We there was things he had to spend many years to repair, but it's not as unforgiving now, if people still remember and have those things against him, that's totally their right. But you don't have to feel bad for me. If you're angry, I'm not angry. <laughs> if you mm. want to be angry, that's fine. <sighs> so someone made a TikTok. I was responding to it of, you know, George Lopez got a kidney from his wife and then he cheats on her. And I'm like, well, really, my mom divorced him. And, <laughs> you know, I was like, so she still gets hella money and alimony. She's better off. <laughs> and, you know, I had the text bubbles underneath the twerking. Right. And so I was just like, what's going to get people's attention? I was like, I'm not like a- Because you wanted, you're like a truth teller. You wanted to tell the truth. Yes. But every but people often hate a truth teller. Yeah. You know, the Cassandra is often the person that, the, you know, all the villagers ha- have to like chase out of town with pitchforks. Like, have you always been a truth teller? Who? Cassandra? She's a truth teller. She's a seer in Greek myth. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know this shit because I am the truth teller. My family, I'm always the one that's like, here, these are the facts, and we need to all agree on what they are. Mm-hmm. And it is not a popular position in a family. It is sometimes. not. It is not. It is not a popular. You just have to be very strong in your convictions. And I have a justice complex and like what I believe yes. is right. And I go forward with my morals. And, you know, if you could take it or leave it, but I'm like direct communication. I like getting down to the, I don't like the BS. Like I just want to get into the the meat of it so that we can figure it out and move forward. I think that's just being years of being in therapy. With being with my dad, I think sometimes, even just being in the middle of a divorce, I think I sometimes have to be like, no, that's not what they said, or that's 
no, that's what you think, mm. but that's not the truth. The predicament of having your parents divorced in public, mm. also having your dad's, so honestly, his private life like exposed in like in public. That's such an unusual position for it a is. child. I'm curious, like. I asked if you forgave him, but I, if you had been like, forgive him for what? I wouldn't have even known what to say because I'm not exactly <laughs> sure where, like what, which of those feels like a betrayal of you as his child? And which of those mm. do, you, do you feel like is like, that's not really even, he didn't do that to me or that's mm-hmm. not even my business. Well, it's, I think with the divorce, I did feel almost cheated in a way as well. I think I absorbed a lot of my mother's pain, but I had the pain of, you know, I got lied to. I feel like mm-hmm. they, they, my entire rug got pulled out from under me and I had no idea that he'd been doing this for three years. And so even every moment that I felt like I had with my father was a lie or what was true. What was he faking? Was that really where he was? And, and that was very difficult. I'm just trying to understand this because what, what Chad said was like, what was a betrayal to you? So you felt like when he, cause he's really lying to your mom. Like I knew it wasn't about me, but I think you know, I saw him as he destroyed what my family was. And right. like he chose these women over my mom and I. I loved my father, but he always didn't know what to do with me. Like even mm. on set a couple of weeks ago, he was like, you remember that one time, Mayan, that I saw you playing by yourself and I was going to go play golf and I looked at you playing by yourself and I looked at my golf bag and I looked at you and I just left and oh. went and played golf. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you traded your five-year-old for a five iron. And he he said that in front of everyone. And he was just like, (gasps) and I was like, well, yeah, mofo. Like, that's what happened. Like, Uh. you know, like, that's just how it was. And he did the best that he could. He didn't, he has a very troubled, very dark childhood. And I've, I've had a lot of years of acceptance and working on my own personal things. Cause I feel like, you know, things can happen to you and it may have been your parents' mistake, but it's your responsibility to take, you know, some of it you suffer. You know, they they say the definition yeah. of insanity is trying something over and over again and expecting the same mm-hmm. result. It's like, you have to take, I was like, I could always think that this is, oh, my dad's great. My dad's great. It's going to be wonderful. It's like, no, you have to protect yourself. Always lower your expectations. That's what I always say. And then you never get surprised. <laughs> you know, I've created a healthy, for me, bond and relationship with my dad. We tried to shape these conversations around something that a guest, that our guest has quit, you know, something mm-hmm. they've left behind. And I was coming in with an assumption that you may not have yet forgiven your father. And so like, maybe that was something you were trying to quit. Yeah. I think I had to quit trying to see who he could be and see him, or even just in general, see people who, who they could be and see for who they are and what they are, are capable of. That's kind of massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like That's in doing huge. That and, you... and with so much focus on your father, like as a star, um, now you're a co-star to him. Like he's mm-hmm. a big, he's a really big deal. Like how do you get, how have you been able to like find focus on yourself and figure out who you are? Because I've always tried to almost be like him. And I think, you know, going with quitting, I've had to quite quit trying to be him. And I've just quit. I just had to be myself because I know I have, I've inherited like his comic prowess and I've done my own training, but I have to just quit being what other people want me to be or what they expect me to Mm. be. And I'm just going to show them who I am. Even with Lopez versus Lopez, the show it's, I am next to him. And I think it shows that 
when we're together, even my dad's like, I'm surprised, like you're able to keep up with me. It's like, I have two of me and you know, I'm, I'm learning and I have to be my own person because I have to show that individuality. Like we are very, we're similar, but we obviously have chemistry. Everyone's like, you have such great chemistry. I'm like, yeah, he's my father. <laughs> he is my, he's my, dad. He's my dad. I hope so. I, Dear God. How does this affect then sort of the family system, even though your family's divorced and you mm-hmm. were taking on this kind of idea that your dad's betrayal of your mom was a betrayal of you. So you've forgiven him. Where does that leave your mom? During the pilot of the show, we, Selenis Leva, who is, who's known of Orange is the New Black, she's the, she plays my mother. That's Phenomenal. what she's from. Fan- Orange is the New yeah. Black. I was going mm-hmm. crazy. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's great. Fan- <laughs> incredible. And so funny in this. In the in the pilot episode, there was a conversation between her character, Rosie, and the character, George, of, you know, George, if you're not going to be honest with your daughter, like, how you expect to have a relationship with her. And that's kind of a conversation that my parents hadn't had in real life. Mm-hmm. And my dad once, after work, um, called my mom. And he was like, I'm sorry for how I treated you. And I, and he never said sorry about the, how, when he cheated, he, how, he in 10 years, he never, he didn't oh. apologize. And cause I think he just didn't have the capacity to at that time. And, and so my mom was just crying and she was like, you know, she had to quit. She was like, look, I never expected you to have an apology. I never thought I was going to get one. So I had to have my own healing and work through my own things. And just like, I appreciate you saying that. And they had like a very, like I heard some of it and then I left and they had a, a conversation that they really haven't had. And that's just, you know, life imitating art. The relationship on the show, it, for those who haven't watched it and you should, the mom and the dad are divorced and he was a cheater. I mean, it's very just ripped from the headlines. Yeah. But she is, it's, for her, for the mom, it's ancient history. She's an, she rolls her eyes at George and she's filled with warmth and and mm-hmm. she cares about him and she cares about her daughter. But that was that was kind of like wish fulfillment. Like you mm-hmm. you created that and then it has now started to become so. In in times, in times, you know, my my dad doesn't like my mom being on set all a lot of the time. And I can say that because there is a headline where my dad talked about how he didn't like my mom being <laughs> upset. And so I'm just like, all right, Lopez versus Lopez. Ding, ding. Let's go. Like, I'm like, but okay. Wait, why? You just said, I can say that. And I was thinking to myself, how does she, Chad and I talk about this all the time, because we, we obviously have reasons to touch points in our own families that we talk about with guests. And mm-hmm. we always are very careful. We never want to hurt our parents' feelings. And I thought, this woman has no no fear. And yet you said, I can say this because my dad said it. So there is a boundary somewhere. Where is it? (laughs) I think it's just two comedians. I think even when that TikTok with my dad that I made about my dad, my dad was golfing with Anthony Anderson and he's a great friend of his. And he's like, did you see Mayan's TikTok? (laughs) And my dad was like, yeah. And he's like, and you're okay with that? He goes like, yeah. Like she did. She can do that. That's if she wants to say that, she can say that. And, <laughs> you know, because it's really like the show is different than who we are as people. And I think it's just, you know, I wouldn't say anything negative, like super negative about him. We have enough time and separation where we can touch back and we're almost in the show. We're almost visiting those places and using them comedically 
to harvest those laughter and those real life moments, but it's enough that we, it doesn't affect us as much anymore because we've worked through, we worked through it. Did you have any uh, trepidation about doing this job with your dad or was it just like, wow, what an enormous opportunity. I'm an artist. I got to do this. It was the latter. It was, Uh. I didn't really think about it when I got the opportunity and it was presented to my dad and I is we both were jumping at the opportunity of, Mm. oh, our dynamic is one that speaks to one that really hasn't been seen on television. A father and a daughter or even a mother or son through a divorce and, or even one parent that you're not super close to and you want to build a relationship. It's one that had, and it being real life too adds a different element to it, a realness and authenticity. With the George Lopez show, the original, it was very much the same thing of his real life. So it wasn't out of the realm of, I know what to expect. I know what that looks like. I know what that first show is meant to people. And I hope that when people watch our show, they can watch it with their families and relate to it and see those themes that most so most of them are specific to the Latinx community, but I love the story that my dad told with the George Lopez show. They were doing the set decoration for the set and for the kitchen. And they're trying to put chilies up, dried chilies. And they're trying (laughs) to put, you know, a tortilla press. (laughs) And my dad was like, Like what is this? Like a Mexican restaurant. Yes, exactly. And they're like, what is this? And they're like, well, what's going to let people know that it's a Latin kitchen? And (laughs) he's like, how about the, he's like, how about the Latinos in the kitchen? (laughs) And I always think about that story because it's universal the the themes of family and generational trauma and anxiety like we we talk about them lightly and but enough to where you're like yes I get it and I can laugh about it and I can feel yes that dynamic is wonderful like I can see that when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. So I'm going to um, come in here and ham- so ham-fistedly, but... Um, Let's do it. Do it. Let's do Bring it. Bring it, Jan. Fist. I, I'm going to get better ham. at this over time, but I'm just going to do it this way this time. Like, what are what are you trying to quit? What have you quit? Like, what is... Like, you saw that you were coming on a show called Quitters, mm-hmm. and you thought what? Oh, I thought I was like, well, I've quit the trumpet. I've quit. <laughs> like, I remember I, I had a Louis. I had a, thank you. I had a I had a Louis Armstrong phase after seeing him in High Society <laughs> when I was a little girl, and I just like wanted to learn to play the trumpet. And oh then, my god! Um, with my comedy training, I quit Second City. Mm. I went oh, to. That must be I studied. Hard. And I studied Second City. I went to the conservatory, and I I say in interviews I finished, but really I quit. 
I quit about six weeks before I was going to officially graduate. Why? And that's still, and that's still one that I think about a lot. There is a lot of things personally for me going on and health wise. I have some horm- I have PCOS and I have a thyroid condition. So I gained uh-huh. 50 pounds out of <sighs> in the matter of like two and a half months with me not doing oh. any absolutely anything. Mm. And and I had to go on stage and there was a sketch that I wrote that I had to be, I was gonna be a Christian hip hop aerobics instructor. And mm. I had to be in a leotard. And I felt mm. I could and I and these pictures were gonna be there, and I wanted to be uh. proud of them. And I was like, I can't go up. I, I was so uh, and not in a place of loving myself and just be, I was like, you can't go up there. People are going to laugh at you. They're going to think you're fat. And I quit. Did you tell anybody why? I did tell my main teacher the main, the reason. And he was very, he was sad because he was like, you, you know, I, it was a year and a half of my life. Like I was working and uh-huh. it was the most fulfilling like experience that I've ever had. And then, and I was just adamant. I was just, nothing was going to change my mind. And I left and it's still a regret that I have of mine. Like, I wish that I could have done that, but also I had to respect that I didn't have that capacity to do that at that time. For non-LA people, like, what is the significance of Second City for inter- for, for non-entertainers? Like, can you, dim- I, can you set up the stakes of that, of like, you're quitting that, it's why that's big so big? It's a big deal. No, it's a really big deal because uh, Second City is one of the breeding grounds for uh, comedians and they, they get Like they Steve Carell, Steve Martin... Like Chris Farley, so, uh, Tina mm-hmm. Fey, Amy Poehler, like, like Tim Meadow, like huge like met legends have studied there, and they have different classes, and they have, they're opening one in New York, but they have them in Toronto, and it's a and the big one is in Chicago, and it's Chicago, like is a, that where like you a, were? It's a mecca, yes, and it's like a mecca of comedy training and improvisation, yeah. and, and to get all the way through, and they have showcases, and SNL always looks at their graduates and who's finished the program. It's a really big deal. It's just a really, really big deal. And so to walk away from it, you must have been feeling incredibly. Um, I felt so hopeless. Less than. Mm. <laughs> and, and and you didn't. And, yeah. How does it feel to talk about it though now? Well, second, you know, I think I think Second City has forgiven me. They follow me now on Instagram, and they're very yes. supportive of who I am now. They're like, oh, we're so happy for you. And, you know, I think that to me meant like I graduated, like they saw me and accepted me as someone that studied at their school and they Mm -hmm. approved of the comedian and the actor and the performer that I am. And that was, it was a big thing for me. And And they want to claim you and mm -hmm. rightfully with pride, they claim you and say, because you did do training there. And how did you- And I I quit college as well. I quit college. My parents, yeah, I quit college. I Wait. only went to, I, yeah. So I back up. Yeah, Tell I probably should have said, so I should have said that first. <laughs> but so I only did two years. I went to Columbia College, Chicago, studying comedy, writing, and performance through Second City. And I went in and I wanted to go under my mom's name because I, the going into comedy, I was like, I don't want anyone to know who I right. am. But I was even touring the school and people were like, George Lopez's daughter, George Lopez's daughter. And I was like, oh, mm. shit. I was like, okay, here we go. I remember I auditioned for like 10 or 15 improv groups and I didn't get into a single one. And I went up to the people who were like my age. And I was like, I know I'm good. Like, why aren't you letting me in? And they're like, well, you're George Lopez's daughter. So you're already going to make it. 
And I was like, but I'm training right now. Like, do you not? I was like, I have to work harder to be not what people expect me to be. And I'm just trying to learn just like everyone Mm. else. Like doors can open, but they can easily close. And even I like, I almost had imposter syndrome, like with, right. With, with my show now. Cause, but even my mom was like, do you know that NBC would not be spending or they would have not put you up there or not put it behind you that, and I think not a lot of people who are not in the industry will not understand that is like how many hoops you have to jump through. Like they could have gotten rid of me at any time. And, and your so dad is gone through scandal. They could say for a thousand oh, reasons, yeah. they could be like, just chuck it on the heap. It's it's easier not to do it than it is to do it. And they chose to do it, which means they believe in you. I just want to be clear. The scandal is the prostitutes. Yes. Or is there some other scandal that with I don't know many, about? With other things. I think, you know, my father was a bit of a drink. He's a drinker. 2014, he passed out like drunk at a casino. And I made a TikTok where I was like, me in 2014, I was so happy. And my dad told me he had his drinking under control. And then that <laughs> happened three days later. Oh I'm like, what? God. You okay. know? Yeah. And um, so, was, you know, Was he okay with humor. that TikTok? Okay. Was, or was he not okay with that TikTok? Like, he was you know, chill I don't about think we were talking one. enough for him to even let me know. <laughs> so I took that as a, you know, ask forgiveness, not permission. That's right. Like kind of one of my family's ways of doing things. And so with college, like I just was having a hard time and, and I just felt like it wasn't what I thought studying comedy was going to be. And so my mom, my dad were just like, leave, you know, we don't, they were like, do not have a backup plan. Like we never had backup plans. And my dad was like, if you just, he's like, just work on being the best comedian that you can be. He's like, Mm -hmm. no one is meant to do this. And if you just focus on that. People will notice you. It'll come eventually. And so I believe, and I trusted him and I believed him and I did that. And then I got that TikTok, like that TikTok changed my life. And that was, who knew that the one moment I was going to be working for was to be, to be twerking upside down. It was like, <laughs> my, my my ass got me a TV show. Shaking my ass. It sure did. That's, yeah. that's it, counterintuitive though, because most... Isn't what? It's, it's no, the not new the generation ass, Not things. the ass. The ass is not counter... I'm sorry. Yeah. Your parents' Panic. advice, not the twerking. Yeah. The, yeah. Your, your, your parents' Very advice to not have a... Ba- I've never heard any parent tell their kid that. I think that's mm-hmm. really no. special. What Do you have a backup plan now? Like, do you believe in backup plans? I would love to be writing and creating more projects. And like, I want to be able to, you know, create, be like a Mindy Kaling writing and producing Mm. and being just putting shows out there, telling stories. Like that's what I've always worked to do. And now I'm very grateful that that's what I get to do every day and working something so personal to me. Like you've really trained for this for your whole life. It sounds like you're not like, the industry plant child of a star who gets put into the, do you deal no, with that? They, they, made, they made me work for it. Even my first movie that I did was with my dad. It was more of like, they gave me that part because we were going to be in Canada for like three months. And right, there was right. a little Nickelodeon. It was a Nickelodeon movie called Mr. Troop Mom. But my mom made me work for it. I did. It was a kid's like camp movie where my dad played a right. troop leader and right. the opposite Jane Lynch, who was the head. And it was right before she got Glee. And my mom actually gave her salary to get like Jane Lynch on. Oh, wow. But she, yeah, she was, it was, she was like, oh no, I'm not getting paid for this. We're getting the person. We're getting Jane. This is great. <laughs> I had to go in mud. We did canoeing. I fell in water. I did all oh, she was, and she kind of exposed me to, 
acting is not always glamour. Like it, right. you know, she was, and she was Especially like trying to turn me. You had grown up going to a sitcom set. Yes. I mean, the Lopez show was a sitcom. And it was the live audience and. It's, mm-hmm. it's quick. Um, it's all about the funny. And then you go into a movie and you find out that it's, yeah, sure, it's about the funny, but 90% Longer of it is days, about like. night yeah. shoots. It's mm-hmm. cold, always the weather. And, I, but I was like, no, this is, I actually fell in love with it even more. I was like, I, you know, I, my parents didn't want me to go into acting until I was like 18, until I started doing college. I did second city camps when I was in, when I was in elementary school and junior high. And I actually mm-hmm. did, I, I rode horses for, 13 years. And then I quit horseback riding to kind of go into <laughs> acting. And that was always under my special skills, but I did auditions. Cause even when I was auditioning, <laughs> I, I had like small, I had, I've really done very small things and I would go into auditions and they, and the casting directors, I knew they wanted to ask me and they would try to ask every question. I'd just be like, yeah, no. And I would go just saying, yeah, that's my name, Mayan Lopez. And then at the end, they'd be like, are you George Lopez's daughter? And I was like, yes, I am. And they'd be like, oh, I'm so, thank you for not saying anything. Or, oh, I'm so surprised you didn't say anything. I'm like, no, like I want to be my own person. Like I want to get it off of my talent, not because I got a name. I want it to, you know, mean something. What's the feeling when you, when people in your, like at your college, you said they were whispering, oh, that's George Lopez's daughter. You're like, oh, and yeah. on set, like what's the actual like feeling? Is it like, do you want to hide it? I had to work on it in therapy because it was actually sometimes the first thing that would come out of my mouth. And I bet, Julie, some of your children will probably get this too. <laughs> I'm like, that, I'm internalizing all uh, of internalizing this. Internalizing all of this is that they'll come up to me and they'll, and they'll be friends with me or I go to sleepaway camps. And then I feel like I had, it's almost like coming out. Like I had to reveal, not in that way, but you know, it's yeah. similar. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a it's secret me. that it's I have true. to reveal. Uh, and yeah. then they'd be like, oh yeah, we knew the first day and we just wanted to be around someone that was semi-famous. Does it hurt? Like, it's such a betrayal. It's such okay. a betrayal. And then I feel so shameful and I feel stupid. And I just, you know, felt used. And, and then I was like, who can I trust if, you know, because how many Mayans do you know? It's like, it's if I had like a different right. name with Lopez, like Lopez is like what, like a Latin Smith. It's like, you know, it could be mm-hmm. whoever. So like you, they could easily look me up on Google and then they would see pictures of like me and my dad on a red carpet. I remember one time I came with the Hillary Duff thing. I had, I did a, a little feature in like J14 and I was at sleepaway camp. And that was when the issue came out and it was all girls. So they all got their J14s. <laughs> And it was like everyone came up to me and everyone knew. And I was just like, oh, no. What is J14? It's like a gossip magazine for kids where they have posters uh, for for teenagers. And, you know, they have little quizzes of like, are you more celebrities? Is Nick Jonas right for you or is Joe Jonas right for you? (laughs) And like, you know, it's like, like which which date would you pick with Justin Bieber? Like, you know, it's all that type of. Stuff. Okay, it's like people for, but for kids. Yes, okay. exactly. But Got it. Mayan, you're in a, a, a really interesting sort of inflection point with your dad because he did kind of go away for a minute. So there's a generation of kids that don't know, a younger generation of kids that, mm-hmm. that don't really know who he is. They weren't raised on him. And now they, like my kids, they see this 
billboard, they see you two as equal. Mm-hmm. They see, uh, they go, oh, that I guess, yeah, that's the father daughter. They, does this, is this going to create tension or how is that in the, your relationship with your dad as you're being introduced to a whole new generation? And he's, I, I'm older too. I, I see it, you know, when people come up to me and go, oh, I used to watch you when I was little, basically saying, mm-hmm. you're dead to me now. <laughs> and it's, it can, it can be, <laughs> but it, it can be that's how it weird. Feels. And yeah, it like, feels no, weird. They're, when they mean that, they're like, I remember you, but I haven't kept up with you. And yes. So, yeah. so is that, that's you guys coming, like literally you coming, your dad sort of coming back to television with mm-hmm. you. You are seen on equal footing. I don't know who's number one on the call sheet. Who's number one on the call he sheet? He is. I'm number two. God damn it. I wanted well, it to she be you. Maya knows. Yeah, I, I know, know she does. does. <laughs> I'm number two. <laughs> but is it weird? It, like someone comes up and asks for your picture and then they maybe are ignoring your dad. I mean, it, it's got to be a real You know, I haven't fuck. gotten recognized yet and at all. And I think it's interesting because I've lost about 30 pounds from when the pilot came out to uh-huh. now. And a lot of it was just stress because I've never been a number. Like, it's like I went from being doing little acting jobs and studying to mm-hmm. being studying on an NBC sitcom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I went up here. And so it was very much learning as I mm-hmm. went and I was very mm-hmm. comfortable with the live audience aspect of it, but just learning where to look. And when you're 50, 50, you look at the, or which knowing where your cameras are and even just mm-hmm. humaning, being a human, like this is not just a set. This is your kitchen. You can touch you own all of right. this. Like you, even right. just remembering that and live, knowing like making it look natural. That was the hardest part for me. I even watch now, like there's sometimes where I'm holding on to the, to the kitchen table. Cause I'm just trying to anchor physically anchor myself in the scene. And then like I have a cut where my hand like goes over there. Cause I'm like, Oh no, I'm holding the table, but I'm not I'm over here and I'm not supposed to be holding the table anymore. Even this dynamic, like everything you're describing as a part of your working dynamic with your father, like that is, oh, yeah. that is now all material as well. Like that can all go in your standup. That can all go in your writing. Mm-hmm. But like, is there somewhere a line on where it's like, I will not share this thing about my relationship with my father. Like I will mm-hmm. not expose myself or my father that way. There has been some things that have been off limits. We haven't, we're not speaking about the kidney the, at all. Like mm. in my in really? my past shows that my dad's done, like my they tried to bring up him being a kidney recipient and my mom giving the kidney. I'm like, abs- that's one that I'm like, absolutely not. Because like, it's I just too not. inflammatory. Like it's too it, it's scary. A, it's polarizing for people. It's very polarizing. Huh. In what way? Is it polarizing for you? It It is for me, but I think people, I mean, still like t- I have blockers on my comments of saying kidney and steel and because people would be like, your mom, your dad stole your kidney from your your mom's kidney, and all this. Like she should ask for it back. And you know, still, almost seventeen years later, they gave my mom gave a kidney to my dad seventeen years ago. They've been divorced for eleven years, and still, it's. But this is incessant. where this is where I'm confused about the world that now you and Julie and your father all live mm-hmm. which is sort of like the public domain as celebrities like i still don't get what is the cancelable offense that your father committed like i still 
I it was that it was that he cheated on his wife and that his wife gave him a kidney and saved his life and then he did that to her. He should have been grateful and you know always been and then that was what happened. I mean, you know, totally. I think that's a betrayal. Like I think that's a a very ugly betrayal. If I may, and I don't want to judge your Mm -hmm. father, but like that's nobody else's business. Like I I don't and I think people forget that. With headlines, there is a family grieving. Their idea of a family disappears. Yeah. Like what they thought their life was going to look like. They're mourning what their their family's never going to look the same. Chad's saying basically that it doesn't seem that awful in the context of all the things that people have gotten canceled for. Right. And I think that's why George Lopez is back and he's on a, a I think he a should be poster over my house. Yeah, to be because clear, people, not, you know, to be super people clear who about admire what him, like it hurts how they see someone that they admire. How much of this is is culturally? It, it was he like representative of all Latinos and success, and that he represented something that was you know really held up high as far as family values and being a dad, and that. It, it he let down therefore what, what Chad was just asking uh, an entire community. Yeah, that, it was that. It was very that as well. Oh yeah, and I re- and I really have so much respect for my dad because him now being able to go on screen and to be because the George the character drinks and is which mm-hmm. is similar in it real life high. and and he gets high <laughs> and he does the and it's we're both putting ourselves out there, but him more so. Because he has more to lose, but we're artists. Like I'm willing to put myself through an uncomfortable situation that it helped me going into work. Like I'm going to be a Latin representation. I've always wanted to be a representative of my community and on a network and to be able to share stories that people are going to so closely connect to. If you misstep, look, you married, you're married to Matt Shively on the show. I love I love Matt. Um, <laughs> hilarious. I love so Matt. Funny. And you're married to this white guy who just gets nothing but abuse from your dad. But <laughs> I mean, you could look at that as if you were being representative of a of a, a, a certain segment of the Latin population, that they're like, why why are you married to a white guy on the show? Why aren't you married to a Latin dude on the show? Why are you I, speaking I, I'm English? Like, I, 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 I'm I, like, that happens. It happens. I, I'm I, like, I, there I, are... Can I clarify terms here also? Because I... Um, because I better. <laughs> well, <laughs> whiteness and like Latinness are not mutually exclusive, right? Like, there are white Latin people. Yeah, I don't know where y'all are. White Tino. There's, you know, if they're half white, half Latino or... You have, I think with the Latin X community, it just kind of goes over. Because if you say Hispanic historically, it's like if you're from Spain, Spain, right. And if you're like Latin, it's like the Latin American countries. And I think now even the terms are changing. Like I've been saying Latin X, but now I've been hearing people saying Latin A. What's that? I'm still trying to figure it out. I was like, no, I was like, I think it's another encompassing term of everyone. But the now guy in the show, Julie, you're saying is like, he's like an, he's, he's like a United he's States from North American Dakota. He's from, white he's from, boy. He's, from he's from North Dakota. Like he's he a, is, he is corn fed white boy. And George Lopez is Georgian Mayan. I mean, your name's Mayan. Mm-hmm. Are you Mayan? I mean, I, I don't know what that means to you, Julie. To me, it's a very obvious representation of Mexican culture. And when it was, mm-hmm. that's like, 
like indigenous? A, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like I'm named. Well, so my my dad actually named me. My name is um, Mayan. It's in Hebrew. It means eternal spring in Hebrew. And Wait, my what? parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wow. so my mom. Chad, Chad wins. <laughs> and so, I don't win because I didn't know, but and, I knew it, so, it wasn't what you thought it was. And before my parents were pregnant with me, I think my dad was on, <sighs> on tour going, doing some date. And they were watching this CNN and it was about Israel and Palestine. And there was a Miss Universe. Her name was Mayan. Or she was an Israeli runway model. And she just, the things that were coming her, out of her mouth were just very eloquent and about the world. And my dad was like, Mayan, Mayan. My parents were just impressed with her. And it's like, Mayan. Like, Mayan, like the Mayan civilization. And I was like, oh, if we have a daughter, we should name her Mayan. And but, but so if it's I can kind ask, of like, like, do you know, I'm just, now I'm just curious. Do you know if your ancestors are like from Europe or from Mexico? So my dad's side, Mexico. My, my dad's like fifth generation. So my dad always likes to say, he's like, if I, it's like keeping a lion in captivity their whole life. And then if they were going to the wild, they would just die. He's like, if I went into Mexico, like I, I wouldn't survive. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> make, I, like, I wouldn't make it. And then my mom's side of the family there, I'm like Spanish, Portuguese, um, a little French. We all come, we all come in all different shapes and colors. The majority is like Spanish, Portuguese, Mexican, and Cuban. Word. Worthwhile. How, how hard, it's only been a thing really front and center culturally to identify, like, how do you identify in the past, say, 10 years or... Yeah, know. I identify as Latina. I'm like, I'm Mexican and Cuban. And, but we just did an episode about this because I don't speak Spanish. And so that's another thing I quit. I quit trying to learn Spanish. I'm going to try to Wait. learn... <laughs> Dad, whose idea was that? Whose idea was it to, that you should learn Spanish and whose idea I was think it nature. That- it was nature's idea because I had a speech delay. And so mm. I, I couldn't even... And I have, I still have processing and I have ADD. I have a lot of learning disabilities. So I was, I couldn't, I had trouble learning English and just putting words. I could, I said specific ocean instead of Pacific ocean. Like I had problems <laughs> with my THs. It was very cute as a little kid, but you got to dip adorable. it in the butter or else she's going to be, or it's not going to, it's going to, the pumpkin's going to turn on, on that cuteness yeah. real quick. And so they were, the, the speech therapist was like, you can't teach her Spanish because she's just going to get confused. And so I and it gets I, harder as you get older. It gets harder as yeah. it get older. Right. I, I even so you went through in, in high it. school. Yeah, and even high school, like I had, I can understand it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I, I could respond in English, but I couldn't speak it. Like I've gone, done Spanish immersion trips, and I remember dreaming in Spanish. I remember I could think in Spanish, but it, when it got to take getting the words out of my mouth, like it. I, it just wouldn't happen. And also when I would try to practice with my family members, they did not want to slow down. Like they just speak like, da, 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 da. they speak so fast. And they were like, they didn't want to slow down for me to learn. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so yeah. your I'm mom and dad learn. spoke Spanish at home? I mean, oh, yeah. would they, have been they, sp- they would They would use it when they wanted to speak not in, with things that they didn't want me to hear. So we would be right. in the car and then they would be speaking English and then they would look at me and then they would start speaking Spanish. And I'd be like, hey, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> my dad has a taco restaurant, has a, a food chain of George Lopez's Chingo and Tacos. They're awesome. But I went somewhere <laughs> where, they, where they had it and I was like, let me do a review of them. And so I did a review and I said things Americanized. Like I didn't say it with an accent. Like instead of jaritos, I said Doritos. And I said... 
<laughs> you know, and uh, salsa salsa verde. I said salsa verde. You know, I just right. said it. You said it like an American because that's American. <laughs> because even with my my parents, my mom's first generation, but my family is very much like we're in America now. Like let's keep Americanized and mm. right. So and I got destroyed. I got destroyed in the comments. <gasps> like people were just like, I can't believe George Lopez's daughter doesn't know Spanish and she's mm-hmm. a disgrace. She shouldn't be a representative <laughs> of even with, and I just made an episode of, we just made an episode about it, about like me not learning Spanish. And it's very funny. That episode is one of my favorites. I still got comments like that, but the majority of them were, thank you for saying something about it because I am someone in my family that doesn't speak it. And I'm not any less Latina or I'm not any less Latin than when I don't. And so that's like, where I'm happy for the stories that I'm telling. And, you know, it, you can't make everybody happy. You, you got to quit no. trying to make people happy you because you're I, not, because everyone is always going to, you're going to upset someone, even if you think you're going to do everything great. And I wanted to ask you about that specifically because you are like, you've just really jumped the line in a lot of ways from like, you know, aspiring X, Y, and Z to like, you actually are an X, Y, and Z now. You're the star of a show. Yeah, I, are, I didn't expect that. And people were thinking that. I'm like, uh-uh. When you walk around set, when you walk around the writer's room, like, are you comfortable in your skin as the boss? Are you, are you like, do people treat you like the boss? Do you feel like the boss? And are you comfortable with that? I had to grow into that. I, I, I was very, because I was just, there's so many things I had to learn. I think being from, Seeing it from the outside and watching it is completely different than now being the one doing it. And I prepared before doing, you know, acting classes. I quit a lot of acting classes because I would just get so anxious. And I did more one-on-one and worked to get to a good place. And I people did treat me with respect. People, like people, NBC has been nothing but lovely since day one being so supportive of the stories that we're telling I had to kind of grow into my power more Mm -hmm. and because I think there I was so focused on the acting then I kind of did put the producing to the side and then as the season has been going on I was able to balance both of them and then you know the writers are so great that I help and consult but I really don't have to make a lot of notes it's like the episodes are just really wonderful in themselves but I've had to own my power. I think I had to be in mm-hmm. a way of, I'm young. I've been treated with respect, but I don't know if I'm always listened to. I'm not going in there as someone maybe a stereotype of my generation, which some of it's true of like, oh, I deserve this and I'm here and I'm doing, I'm like, no, I want to, I'm, I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And I'm willing to, like, I just want to put my perspective out there. And if I, and I'll fight for something that I want to fight for, but if I lose, like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put my hands up and I'll be like, okay, that's fine. I just want to keep going. I want to create something that's successful. I'm now starting to own that more because I think it's, I'm getting paid to be there. I'm getting paid to have my opinion. I, I think it was more of, did I earn this? Mm. And my, I was like, no, I, I did. I've always wanted to be on NBC. I wanted to, I thought I was going to be on SNL. And now a, a, a promo for my, my own show was playing during Saturday Night Live. And those are moments that I've had where I'm just like, yeah, you did it. You did. It's your, and then, I mean, you got, yeah, it's your show. I have a quit for you. I don't know if you can do it. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck the comments. Fuck reading the comments. I know. Just quit I do. I you said quit you that. had a block and I'm like, oh good, she's blocking the comments. You're like, on the words, kidney and steel. And I'm like, ah, don't read them. Live forever. Like, 
those <laughs> comments are the worst. I also got to quit enabling myself because I'll be like, oh, well, you'll read some of them or you can scan and like see if there are some positive ones. And I'm like, no, like now you know, even my dad's like, don't read reviews. Don't oh, read he, anything. Don't, don't read, read anything. Read nothing. I couldn't agree more. Ty Burrell used to call it the game of more, where when Modern Family started, all we got were like raves. And he would go, and you mm -hmm. get to the bottom of the Google page and they said, more? And he was like, yes, please. And then get to the next page. And invariably, you will hit the awful comment. And it's, the question is, why do we look for the, is that really who we believe we are? And until we find it, are we just going to keep searching for the validation that we really kind of suck? Yeah, you're looking for some some little speck of confirmation to confirm your own biases that you have within yourself. Yeah. And to like just be ones. able to keep going down a road that, you know, you know isn't good or isn't constructive to you, but you can't help. It's it's an addiction. Like you at least for me sometimes it was just like I when I wanted to if I felt like shit, I wanted to keep, I'll make myself feel like shit. I, to live long and prosper in this entertainment mm. industry is to not read the, the comments. When you were like younger or nobody knew who you were on TikTok and you could probably weather it better. But now you're the you're number two on the call sheet. Like you can't walk in there feeling like, oh my God, everything I'm doing is wrong. You have to go in there like, I am, I've got this. Yeah, I did that on set. I'm kind of, part of the boss because I'm a co-creator as well. It's like I'm kind of the boss of a boss of like 200 people at over 200 people at like 26 years old. The last episode we did, it was very, we could do flashbacks. It's very emotional to some where it was really hitting a lot of when those periods I didn't speak with my dad. And I was just like, I'm glad that I can cry on set and not just in my dressing room. <laughs> I was like, that yeah. was a, that was a nice surprise. But I had to kind of, I had to quit being so down on myself. You are going to ruin this for yourself if you do not get out of your mm. own way. Mm. I've had to really recently grow a lot because I had to yeah. quit the 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 way that I was operating because it, it I have to thank it. Those behaviors, whether they be healthy or not, because some of them I have to thank because they got me and helped me to survive where to where yeah. I am I am today, and I can thank them. And but I was like, I can't take you with me. How does that negative self-talk inform you right now when you have to, you're seeing yourself on screen Ooh. and you're watching yourself on screen and you said I, you lost 30 pounds. How much of it becomes oh, yeah. about your physical being? A lot. As someone has like also struggled with eating disorders as well. It's been mm -hmm. very difficult because there would be some times where I would be in Video Village where uh -huh. a lot of the producers will watch and they have all the cameras, like a direct feed from the cameras. And I would just be like, ugh. Or I just go, I couldn't, I you're physically watching turn away. Of you. And yeah, I watched me play back of, of scenes and my dad would just look at me and I was like, and I was, he was kind of like a not here thing. Oh, like, like and, you, you can have those feelings, but you yeah, are but like all, not you're the here. boss here. Or I'd be and, with Matt or I'd be with, and I'd be like, oh my God, I look horrible. And he'd be like, what are you talking about? Not everyone views you that way. And you can't put your scope of how you look on other people because, you know, I've done that before in relationships where I'm like, why are you with someone like me? Like, especially when I've, I've had oh. medical issues and that I'm like, why are you, why are you with someone like me? <sighs> and I was like, but then, you know, you're putting that scope on them and that's not your right to do either. 
It's so it's interesting because you're a creative, and yet you went right into being the boss. Most people would have had, and the I and it's the same thing I did at Second yep. City, and I was like, I am not going to do that to myself. Like you yep. already did that, and look what it got you. It's like, yeah. It's, I was like, think about that last time that you've already you've almost quit something because of how you lost an experience because your negative self talk made you quit something that was really important to you. Like, do you really want to do that again? Five years ago, I was saying, I was like, I want to manifestation. I was like, I want to be uh, on an NBC show. My dream would be on a, be an NBC show. I would love to have a house. I would love to have French Bulldogs because I've always wanted a French Bulldog. And now I'm like leasing a townhouse and I'm on an NBC show and I have two French Bulldogs. Like it was, you have to take, keep inventory and keep house of your blessings and your reality because that's what you need to focus on, not what's up in here. If you need to go check. Whose voice does the negative self-talk come in? Is it your own voice? Is it a parent? Is it a friend? I think it's me with my dad. Like growing up, if I did something wrong, he would be like, are you ready for the joke? He'd give me an option. (laughs) Like if I did something stupid or if I did. So if I, growing up, if I did something stupid or I made some mistake or if I did something that, you know, I had to develop a a thick skin as a comedian. At least he'd be like, are you ready for the joke? And sometimes I'd be like, yeah, like I'll hear it. <laughs> and other times I'd be like, no. Too like, soon. No, I don't want to hear it. No, too soon. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Comedy is tragedy plus time, dad. We need the yes. time. I say that yeah. all the time. Of Yeah. And it's really with the timing of everything as well, because now with, it's so great for, I'm so proud of my dad as well. He's going to be in the new Blue Beetle for DC, the new DC movie called Blue Beetle that's coming out next year. It's the first Latino superhero movie. Cool. And, oh, wow. And, and so he's, he's going to be, he's, and he's in it. He plays Blue Beetle uh, uncle. I'm really proud of him and seeing him, how hard he's worked. Like both of my parents, I think that's, you know, with show business, I think I've seen both sides. I've seen like when my parents got, brought me home from the hospital. They, my mom had a condo that she got from money when my grandfather passed away and my dad could, they couldn't pay bills on time. Cause my dad, my mom was a casting director and my dad was just doing stand up. Like they had, mm-hmm. and they did, and they had me and we were, you know, I was in thrift store clothes and just trying to do what we could do. And I was about five years old when the George Lopez started. So I saw how hard they worked like internally, externally, like I've heard the conversations of my mom and my dad of, you know, my dad not taking roles that would have been huge, but he would have played a gang member. He would have played a gardener. And it's like, we're not going to perpetuate those stereotypes. Like if, even if we have to take a personal hit, we're not going to do that for the representation in the culture. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming here and first, and I always, it cracks me up when people are like, oh, I haven't quit anything. Do you know how much you quit? Like we could oh, do yeah. a whole thing on an eating disorders, college, uh, second city, negative self-talk. You're going to mm-hmm. quit comments. You're going to quit comments. Yeah, I'm, go- now I'm, I'm pulling going to. for you. I, I'm you're so going to hold me accountable, Julie. But they're all the, wrapped together in that kind of like umbrella of, of, sabotaging yourself somehow and the, and quitting that self-sabotage is so huge and so hard. And we, I, I commend you for yeah, it. All these like just very learned behaviors. 
Mm-hmm. It's very brave. It's very brave. And people, if you make strides in that or you work for your mental health, your own well-being and therapy, like you're some of the bravest people because it takes a lot to look at yourself yeah. internally. You have to be kind. You have to love yourself through it. That is hard mm-hmm. to do. That is really hard to do. But in a way, you've been thrust into a position where you don't really have the the capacity to to kind of wallow because yeah. you're the boss. Yeah, That's but really if there's meaningful. one thing that I've been in my life, it's been a survivor. And I've been very resilient. And I've been, I take challenges head on and I'm, and I'll just keep going. And that's just who my parents taught me to be. And that's just who I am. Well, thank you so much. Thank and you, Mayan. I, no, thank you. 